0: Thank you for listening to the Modesto Foursquare podcast. We hope that this message encourages and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Please know that you can always join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, 510 Bernie Street in Modesto. You can also find more information on our website at modestofoursquare.com. I wanted to thank all of you who were a part yesterday of the Celebration of Life Service for Diane Word and all that you guys pitched in and helped out with food. Turn with me to the book of John chapter 11. And Next week we're going to start a new series, but um, this morning I had a, something else on my heart and, um, that I wanted to share with us. and. If you don't have a Bible this morning, we're not going to have all the slides up on the screen. If I, if I did this whole passage and slides, it probably would be about 30 or 40 of them um, because it's, we're going to read a large chunk of scripture together. I'm just going to prepare you for that uh, this morning. And uh, Last week, you might remember we talked about the value of community, right? The value of relationship, the value of church family, right? And if you didn't get to listen to that, you can always go back and catch that one. Um, on the podcast, but I think this one kind of intertwines into that this morning, and we talked and we discussed the value of, of walking out our Christian life with other people, right, um, as the body of Christ. We looked at how being a part of God's community, God's church, right, that we never have to be alone anymore, right? Isn't that wonderful that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that love us and care for us, and they get to celebrate us with us in our successes right, in our failures, right, when the times when we fall down and we scrape our our proverbial knees, right, and uh, they get to be with us on our pain and our grief, right, we have people to walk with us, and, and uh, as followers of Jesus, we get to, to lean on others, we get to love each other, we get to celebrate with one another, right, um, for those who know the Lord, right, that God has brought these people, God has brought this community, God has brought Christians into our lives, right, that, that he weaves us together as this beautiful tapestry, and we get to be um, in relationship with each other, and that the reality is that we were never designed to live out our Christianity alone, right? You don't see that in the Bible. You don't see solitary Christianity in the Bible. It doesn't exist, even in the Old Testament, right? Um, even, even as Jesus sends out the disciples to do the ministry, right? Remember, he sends them out two by two, right, with somebody else alongside them, right? Even with Paul, as he writes these letters, you see him going with Timothy, or you see him going with Silas, or you see him with these different people. You don't see solitary Christianity. It does not exist, right, in the scriptures. We are created. We are designed. We are modeled for us. Even Jesus modeled for us community and relationship with God's people. He showed us how to do that. And so this morning, we're going to continue to lean into relationships, um, on this journey with Jesus, and we're going to discuss what it means to be a friend of God. Um, yes, Jesus is our Savior, right? We, we talk about him being a Savior. We talk about him being a King. We talk about him being a Father. We talk about the Holy Spirit being a Comforter, right? All these attributes of Jesus. There are so many of them. We could talk about them for the rest of our lives, right? We serve a holy and, and all-powerful God, right? We should honor God, right, in that way. But we also have access to this intimate relationship, this friendship with God, right? Scripture talks about that. We don't serve a far off savior, but we serve one that is near to us, right? Remember that there's no place that we go that God is not there with us, right? By the power of his Holy Spirit. And in John 15 verses 14 through 16, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and anointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in the name of the Father, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. And so as followers of Jesus, we're welcomed into the business of God, right? God has a business, right? The gospel is God's business. That's what he, he wants people to know him, right? So when we come to know Jesus, not only do we welcome God into our hearts, but we're welcomed into the, the family business of God, right? It's kind of like if you're a Quintero, you have a paintbrush in your hand from the moment that you come out of the womb, right? You're welcomed into the family business of the Quinteros, right? Generations of painters, whether you want to or not, right? We are drawn into the plans and purposes of God. We are appointed to go and bear fruit, right? The fruit that will last, right? We are commanded to go forth with the love that comes from Christ. And this makes us partners with God, right? We're welcomed into partnership. We're welcomed into this this interwoven relationship with Jesus. We're welcomed into the family of God in that way. And... Uh, this changes us from being saved, just being saved, to being friends of God, right? That we get to be friends with the Lord. We are in process with Jesus. right? We talk a lot about process around here, because the Christian life is not about perfection; it's about process, right? We're all in a journey with Jesus. We, none of us have reached the goal, right? Until we go to heaven and be with the Lord, and we're in the very presence of God, then then our process is over. But until then, we're in on this journey with God, and we're in with. Walking with God is not about getting more perfect. It's about walking through the process, right? That what's, what's the thing? It's, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, right? And it is about the destination with Christianity, right? Because we all want to go to heaven someday. But as long as we're here, right, let's, let's enjoy this journey with Jesus, right? This process of becoming, Scripture talks about being conformed more into the image of God, right? It's about process, And there's no perfect people allowed in the kingdom of God, right? Because there aren't any, except for Jesus. He's the only perfect one. That's the point of Christianity, is that all of us are a little bit messed up, right? All of us are a little bit broken. We're all a little bit turned around, right? We were talking with somebody yesterday. There's no normal people, right? We're all a little bit of a weirdo, okay? So let's just embrace that, right? Doesn't that make us feel a little better for all those times that we're a little bit weird or we see things a little different? Just look around. Everybody in this room is a little weird, all right? So when you go to your family gathering, you're like, I can't believe these people are my family, right? You realize that every family is like that, okay? We all have that weird uncle or that weird cousin or whatever and, you know, wants to talk about something strange or, you know, post those interesting things on Facebook or whatever it might be, Right? We all have that person. And so our Christianity is not about perfection. It's about process, right? It's not about having it all together, but it's realizing that God is never done working in and through our lives, right? That's what it's like. And in that process with the Lord, we have intimacy with God, intimacy with our Savior. We become coworkers, and more than that, we become friends, right? Right? Don't you, have anybody had somebody where you worked with somebody and, and, and you're working alongside them and you're doing something and you become friends, right? Isn't that kind of true with the Lord as we walk with Jesus and we, we, obviously we do things for God or we serve God, but as we serve God, we become friends of God, right? The more we hang around God and the more we do the work of the Lord and more, the more we, we do things with God, right? We become close with God, right? It works the same as a human relationship, right? The more we're with God, the more we do things with God, the more we spend time with God, the better friends. We become, right? And we become on a first-name basis with the Lord, right? Don't you love that? That he knows us? That he even, Scripture says, he even knows all the hairs on our head, right? There's a lot of hairs. Well, some of us have more hairs than others, but some of us, it's pretty easy. It's like God says, like, one, you know? But for the rest of us, he knows all the hairs on our heads. It's okay to laugh in church, guys. It's, It's more fun that way, right? I think God's hilarious. I think he does things in my life I'm like oh my gosh you know you just have to laugh you know and then sometimes you even have to laugh at the enemy. You're like come on enemy you could have done better than that right you know. I think I told you guys I came in Easter, Easter week and, and I, I was uh, coming in on Monday and I come up and, and I walk up to the front door right here and there's a big old hole in the window. Somebody threw a big old fat rock through the window and I'm like I just I just stopped and laughed like and I mean, you're not that good, man. Like, you're just, you're not that good, right? And so I was like, we're just going to put a board over it. We're going to paint it. It's going to be fine. You, you have to try a lot better than having some homeless guy throw a rock through our window than from keeping us from having an Easter service together, right? You just have to laugh. Sometimes you have to laugh because otherwise you'll cry, right? So, so we get to be friends with Jesus. He wants to know us more and more, right? He wants to peel, right, we're all that onion. He wants to peel that layer of the onion off, right? He wants to, he wants to share with us. He wants to hang out with us. He wants to bless us. He wants to draw us close, right? Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool that the God of the universe wants to be friends with me? And with you, of course, but mostly with me this morning. If you still have your finger on John 11, I'm going to have Cassie come up and um, whenever I have a long passage of scripture, I'm just warning you, it's 44 verses this morning, so verses 1 through 44. I always have my wife come read it, because she'll read it in about half the amount of time, and a lot better than I would. So I'm going to have her read for us um, this story of this friend moment between Jesus and Lazarus and Martha and Mary, right? A very familiar story if you've been around church for a little while, but we're going to peel the layers off this, and Cassie's going to read for us in uh, the NIV, so...
1: Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, "'Lord, the one you love is sick.'" Verse 4. When he heard this, Jesus said, "'This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it.'" Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you. And yet you are going back. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Verse 12. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, let, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this, for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go.
0: Thank you. Cool story, right? Bible's full of cool stories. If you don't read the Bible, you should, because it's got some good stuff in there. So, just thought you might want to know that. Just fun fact for this morning. So, as we explore this passage together, we find Jesus. He's doing his everyday ministry, right? This this three years of ministry that Jesus was on, and he hears his friend Lazarus is sick. And Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, they send word for Jesus to come quickly, right? as they know of his great healing power, right? And his ability, right? To touch people and heal people. That was, that was on display already. They had already seen that, that kind of come to pass. and They also knew of Jesus' love for his friend, right? Lazarus was his friend. He cared about him. They, he cared about Mary and Martha. They were all friends together. And, and um, he was not just a healer God to them, right? But one who cares deeply for those he loves, right? He doesn't just save us and not care about us, right? He saves us because he cares about us. He loves us. He's passionate about us, right? We are his creation, right? Just because we do stupid things doesn't make God not love us, right? And we definitely do that. I would never let my kids use that word. I, I apologize ahead of time. But uh, we, God cares about us, right? He's passionate about us, right? For whatever reason, he, he, has a, he has a soft spot for us, even though we keep messing it up, right? Don't you love that about the Lord? That even though you know, even though we, we find a way to bang our head against the wall in a new way every day, right? God finds new ways to love us and care for us. And, and so they knew Jesus' love for their friend and they thought, you know, you would think that Jesus would hear word of, of Lazarus' sickness and he would just go straight away, right? Don't you think? He, oh, he'd just jump on the next bus over to, you know, where Lazarus was and he would just go heal him, right? But the story actually tells us that Jesus didn't come, uh, he didn't run straight to heal his friend, right? By the time Jesus arrived, Lazarus had been dead for four days, right? That's a long time, right? And as Jesus approached the city, Martha ran out to confront him. She basically says, you're too late, Jesus. What took you so long? I thought you loved Lazarus, right? I'm paraphrasing here. Jesus does not respond to to Martha in anger, right, when we see this, even when he's being accused by her, right, for for just really messing up, for, for not being there when they needed him, right? He knows in this moment that Martha is grieving, right, and that for Jesus is okay, right? Even in the midst of our pain or our disappointments or the places where we feel like maybe even God has let us down, it's okay to be mad, it's okay to be confused. It's okay to be upset, right? I've had moments in my walk with Jesus where I'm, to be honest, I'm mad at God because I didn't see God move how I wanted him to move, right? Have you ever had a moment like that? Maybe you're all very spiritual. And I've gone out. We, I used to work, or, or the church that we were at before it was surrounded by orchards, and I would go out there, and me and God had words, right? We had a conversation, right? He's okay with that, He's all right with that. We're allowed to feel what we feel. And so he allows Martha to feel what she feels in this moment. And part of that is anger. And some of that is frustration. And some of that is a lack of faith. And some of that is, where was my friend, right, when I needed him? And Jesus embraces her. And again, paraphrase, death hasn't had the last word, Martha. Do you trust me? Right? Do you trust me? Do you trust that I am who I say I am? Do you trust that I am the friend that I've been so far, right? That's what Jesus says to her. And we see Mary does the opposite of her sister, right? She holds herself up in her house. I'm not coming out there to see Jesus. I'm not, I'm not leaving my house. He, he should have been here four days ago. I'm not even going to go out to the road to meet Jesus. I am that upset at Jesus, Right? It's not until Martha drags her out of the house to go out and see Jesus, right? Drags her out. Sometimes we need a good friend who drags us out of the house, right? Every once in a while to go see Jesus. Or calls us and says, hey, where have you been at? Why have you not been to church? Okay, it's time to come. I'm picking you up. I'm not inviting you, right? We don't invite people to church. We bring people to church, right? We pick them up, right? So Martha grabs Mary and brings her right? And in her weeping and grieving and anger, again, Jesus doesn't respond with anger. Instead, with compassion and love. Don't you love? It's like, I just imagine Jesus in in our lives and, and in this story that we're like flailing our arms and we're crying and we're yelling and we're screaming all sorts of things at Jesus and he just comes and he just grabs us, right? and Just wraps his arms around us. And we're trying to wiggle out, right? And he's just holding us tight, right? Giving us this big bear hug right says that jesus was deeply moved not only by the death of his friend but but the effect that this tragedy had on mary and martha he cared profoundly for his friends he loved them he felt what they felt right jesus yes he's fully god but he is also fully man he jesus had feelings god has feelings go read the old testament and tell me that god doesn't have any feelings all right then you're reading the wrong book, okay? Maybe you're reading the Book of Mormon or something, but in our Bible, Jesus and, and the Father, they have feelings, right? And he wanted to walk alongside them in their grief and in their pain. And as the passage continues on, we see the great miracle that Jesus performed, which is awesome, right? We, there's this amazing miracle, and, and, and he heals Lazarus, right? I mean, how cool would that be to be there for that, like, the guy's wrapped in grave clothes and he's like, hey, come on out. You know? Oh, he's alive. Guys, take off the grave clothes. Lazarus, go on back home and take a shower, right? Said he probably stunk at that time, so. But that's not where we're going to focus this morning. You see, Jesus, yeah, he did have faith and hope when Mary and Martha did it. Yes, Jesus healed Lazarus. Yes, Jesus commanded him to come out of the grave, right? Which is amazing. And aren't you glad that we serve an all-powerful God, right? Aren't you hopeful that the Lord can heal and restore, even when it doesn't seem like there's anything we can do humanly? I'm, I am excited about that. But this morning, I want to hone in on the friendship elements of this passage of Scripture. I think this passage in John 15 speaks of eight vital things in our friendship with God. I know. I'm, I'm way past, like, three points, right, in a conclusion. That's, that's what they teach you in Bible school, so... Eight points in the conclusion is not something they teach you in Bible school, but sorry, guys, uh, ahead of time. Number one, God picked us. Jesus, he wants to be our friend, right? He's not like that kid that your parents, like, forced you to be friends with who lived across the street, right? Like, I know you don't like Petey, but, like, you got to go invite Petey to play basketball with you or go on a bike, ride. you're like, really? Like, that kid? Like, the kid who, like, has, like, the braces and is weird, right? And, like, like, that kid? Right? Like, that's not our walk with Jesus, right? We're not that kid who lives across the street that we don't want to hang out with, right? Jesus, he picks us, right? We're not the last kid on the playground to get picked with Jesus, Right? He wants us. He wants to be close to us. He wants to know us more deeply. He wants to be there for us. He wants intimacy with us. And I know for many of us who have faced repeated rejection from human friends, this can be a tough pill to swallow, right? Because Jesus doesn't always fit the mold of how we feel like people have treated us, right? But Jesus, he picks us. He wants us, right? He chose us. He wants to be our friend, right? Don't you love that? The God of the universe wants to be friends with us, at least with me. So number two, we get the privileges of friendship, right? We get to be in the know, right? Doesn't this, this passage, or actually in in John 15, it says that he welcomes us into the work of God, that we get to know all the stuff, right? We get to be a part of it, right? We're, we're like those, like the person who knows all the secrets, right? He lets us in on all of it, we get all the good stuff that God has to offer. Psalm 84, 11 speaks of the Lord withholding no good thing from his people, right? Don't you love that? That he withholds no good thing from us. Every good thing he has, he wants to give to us, right? All his blessings and love are poured out upon us. Psalm sixteen five speaks of that if we ask anything in his name, right? He will give it to us, right? Don't you love that? The Lord is active in our lives. He wants to work. He wants to do miracles. He wants to bless us. And this isn't naming and claim it, right? I can't just say, I want a Lamborghini. God, drop that thing down from heaven, right? There's that small little section in the Bible that says, if you ask anything according to my will, right? Not just according to I want a Lamborghini, right? As silly as that might be. But if we understand the heart of God, And we pray the heart of God, he will show up, right? And he'll work in our lives. We get to be on the ultimate winning team. Aren't you glad that the team you're on wins every time, right? No matter what we go through in this life, no matter what the struggles are, right? We know at the end of the day, we win. We know the end of the story, right? That Jesus wins. That darkness will not overpower us, right? The, the enemy may have his, his little roam of the playground right now, but God's going to come, and he's going to handle this, right? Number three, Jesus is a friend that speaks truth. Verse 23 in John 11 speaks of the truth. Jesus speaks of the truth that Lazarus will rise again, right? Even before, even before Jesus comes to see Lazarus and, and Mary and Martha, he says, don't, don't, don't worry about this. I got it right? I got it. I'm going to take care of this. Lazarus is just asleep, right? He's going to be okay. And even when everything else was swirling around, even when everyone was like banging on Jesus's chest, mad at him and, and punching him and, and feeling all these emotions, Jesus knew it's going to be okay, right? I know what the truth is in this story. Even when it seemed impossible, all good things are possible for the Lord. Even when the miracle didn't look like it was coming, right? Jesus knew what the truth was. And he brings us back to the reality of what he is doing, right? Sometimes it can be hard to see, right? We're going about our lives and we're doing our thing and we're working our jobs and we're, you know, doing all the things that we do. And sometimes it can be hard to see God working, you know, outside of what we can see right in front of us, right? But God is constantly working. God is constantly moving, and he's a truth teller. He corrects us. I promise you, he'll correct you when you're wrong, right? He will. And it's not always the most fun thing, but Jesus is about telling us the truth. And in love, of course. But there's oftentimes when I read scripture and I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, that one, it got me, right? He just, he just pricked me. He doesn't stab me, but he pricks me, right? He, I, I wore a little, a little flower. They, they gave me a little flower yesterday and you, you pull out the little... The little thing, the folds, to fly. I, I think Jesus sometimes pokes me like that with one of those things, you know? Just like a tiny bit of blood, right? Just to see, like, hey, listen to me. I got something I'm doing here, right? He's a truth teller. He encourages us with the truth and the power of the goodness of God, right? Jesus speaks the truth to us. Even when sometimes we don't want to hear it, right? Believe it or not, our plans are not always God's plans, Right? Our ways are not always God's ways. And opposite, God's ways are not always ours, so our ways, right? So sometimes God moves in ways that maybe you don't expect, right? Maybe sometimes you're praying for one thing and God gives you something else, right? Because he knows better. Do you know that too? God knows better for your life than you know for yourself, right? Don't you love that? that even when I think, man, that's the thing I got to go do over there. And God's like, mm, I got you something over there, Right? Aren't you glad that he takes us in the direction he wants us to go? And then we see later on like, "Oh man, if I would have went that way, I would have crashed and burned, right?" And God helps steer me. Number 5. Jesus cares about what we are going through. John 11 says multiple times in several different ways, "He was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled." Jesus once more deeply moved. Jesus He makes room for us to feel all that we feel. It's okay. Our feelings are not bad. Sometimes we get taught in church our feelings are bad. They are not bad. If they were bad, then why would God have created us in such a way that we feel things? That's calling into question God's creation in the first place, right? That doesn't mean that we feel what we feel and then we get to go do whatever we want to do, right? That's not what I'm saying. But we're allowed to feel Feelings are good. Joy, happiness, excitement, celebration, grief, anger. Those are all okay to feel, right? What we do with those things is what causes us maybe to sin, right? He cares about our struggles. He sits with us in our pain. He is moved by our grief. And He has great compassion for us and all that we face. God's never like, oh, you know, I'm really tired today. I'm, not, I don't have, I'm out of compassion, right? I'm out of, you know, if you, I have, obviously, you guys don't have small children. Sometimes you're just like, man, I'm out of, like, wiping the dirt off and, like, kissing the owies today. I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of that, right? God's never out of that, right? Maybe you've had it, like, yesterday, my kids, I wasn't there, but I, I was here at the service, and my kids had poured ink all over themselves at my house and, and all over our office, right? They were covered with ink, and... You have a moment like that, you feel like the rest of the day, you're out of compassion, right? You're out of it. Aren't you glad that God's never out of it? You know, that even in our weakness, even when our humanity is, is limited, God is unlimited. And we're created in the image of God, and he too has feelings, right? Think about that. If we have feelings and we're created in the image of God, Then he too must have feelings, right? Doesn't that make sense? It's logic. Number six, God feels with us. John 11, even though Jesus knew that Lazarus would be healed, he wept. Shortest scripture in the whole Bible. This is the one I always had my teenagers, when I was in youth group, memorize. You can memorize one scripture in the Bible Jesus wept, right? That's an easy one. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that Lazarus was going to be healed, but he joined them in their grief, right? He shared in their feelings. He sat with them in their emotions. He felt with them, and he feels for us. When we go through hard things, God weeps with us. He sits with us. He cares with us. Jesus, he feels what we feel, right? He dwells with us. Don't you love that there's, God has compassion? That he feels when we feel. We're connected, right? Think about that logic also. Right? When we come into to know Jesus, now we are interconnected with God. So if I feel something, then God feels something, right? When we're welcomed in to this relationship with the Trinity, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that? God knows Even when we, I'm not always the most uh, eloquent with words when I'm sharing my feelings. I'm trying to learn how to do that better. But even when I don't know what to say or even what I'm feeling, God knows, right? Even when I can't verbalize, I'm mad or I'm angry or I'm whatever, you know, God knows it because we're connected with God and he feels it along with us. Number seven, two more guys. Jesus is at work even when we cannot see it yet right? John 11, again, the sisters did not know what Jesus was about to do, right? They were mad, and they were upset, and they were grieving, but Jesus had called it, right? He had called his shot earlier on in the passage, right? Lazarus is going to be fine, right? He's going to be healed. He's going to be restored. He had told them that he was going to raise him from the dead. Jesus called it several days ahead of time. It's like, you know, I, I like to play basketball. You know, it's like that guy who, like, shoots that long shot. and it's, He just starts running back to the other side of the court because he already knows. It's like Steph Curry. He just knows it's going to go in, right? Just call the shot, you know? Or that guy in baseball, you know, that, the joke is, you know, you point to the, you know, the home run, and you're just like, you know, hit it out, right? Jesus called it. He knew it was going in, right? The miracle was coming. Jesus was coming. And in our lives, Christ is always doing things. Right? Even when we cannot see it yet. Maybe it's not going to be exactly what I want it to be, but God is always doing something in us. He calls us to trust him, knowing that he will move on our behalf. Not always in the way that we desire, but he is on the throne and he moves. Final one, Jesus. Number eight. Jesus was always safe and always trustworthy. Jesus lets his friends feel their feelings. Jesus lets his friends question everything. He sits with his friends and lets them cry. He lets his friends accuse him for failing. And Jesus is strong and good in the middle of all of it, right? Even when we cry out to the Lord, right? And maybe you've never cried this, but I certainly have. Where are you, God? Right? What kind of friend are you? Anybody ever prayed to prayer like that? Even when we do that, his friendship is unwavering, right? Don't you love that scripture up there? I can't see it because I'm too close. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whether you're telling him that you love him and you're trying to give him kisses or you're beating on his chest because you're upset with him, he doesn't change and his friendship doesn't change. It is unwavering. It is unflappable, right? Right? He's okay with our anger. He's okay with our questions. He's okay with our unbelief. He's okay in our weakness because in our weakness, scripture says, he is made strong, right? Isn't this at the core of our Christianity that we cannot do life alone? That we are not that spiritual. We are not that smart. We are not that much of anything. It's all about Jesus. And we need him. In our pain, he is our comforter. In our grief, he is an ever-present God in our time of need. In our anger, he is the same loving, saving God. His friendship is unchanging. Church, in the middle of all that we face, we serve a friend God, right? Whatever it is that you're going through, I don't know all the things that each one of us is facing. But he is always near. He is always present. He is always kind. He is always the same. He is unwavering in his support of us. Isn't that crazy? Like, how does God continually just believe in me, right? And all the times that I mess it up and all the times I miss the boat, right? And all the times you miss the boat, God is unwavering in his love and support for me, right? Right? Yeah, I messed it up. Let's brush you off. Let's clean off all the dirt and let's get you on your way, right? Because we got stuff to do, right? Don't you love that about God? So let's choose in this season to lean into our friendship with God. Let's choose to bring our brokenness to him and let him walk us through it. Let's choose to trust in his love. Because when we trust in the Lord and when we lean into friendship with God, there is nothing that we cannot walk through. There is nothing that we cannot face. There is nothing that we cannot survive in this life if we walk it with Jesus, right? He can take us through any trial and to any tribulation. He is the God of the impossible. Don't you love that? This morning, I, just, I want you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm gonna have the worship team come back up. If you're just facing something hard... You're feeling some feelings this morning and maybe you feel like mary or martha and you just you're asking yourself the question where are you jesus and what are you doing just want you to lift your hand i want to pray for you this morning i want to pray for you jesus i just lift up these folks that have their hands raised and the rest of us that are just going through difficult things, Lord. This life is hard at times. God, we pray that we would lean into the friendship with you, that we would lean into connection with intimacy with you, God, and that you would, by your Holy Spirit, just dwell with us in a powerful, powerful way. Lord, that in our weakness and those moments when we're alone, and we're just struggling God that you would descend like a dove upon our lives Lord Jesus that you would just sit with us in the things that we're feeling that we would feel your overwhelming presence pour over us Lord Jesus that you would walk us through the grief of this life you would walk us through the difficulties of this life you would walk us through the moments when we don't know where to, what to do next or where to turn next Lord Jesus that you would open the right door of opportunity for us We want to be with you, we want to know you, we want to be known by you, and we want to be led by you, Jesus. We need you in every area of our lives. We need you in every season of our lives, God. Without you, we are nothing. And so, Lord, we bring our broken and and contrite hearts before you, Lord, and we just say, God, we need you. We need you. We love you. Dwell with us, Lord Jesus. Let us become greater and more intimate and deeper friends with you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand with me, and we'll sing together.